Good morning. My name is Ilse, and thank you, Usher. So we have a chance to be generous this morning, so let's do that. My name is Ilse, and I am so grateful to be here. And, and today, I get to talk to you about the second part of the dangerous act of loving our neighbor. And it's about seeing. Um, so I don't know if you were part of this online debate that pretty much broke the internet five years ago this week. So let me show you the picture. And the question was, what color is this dress? Okay. So how many see, what, uh, what, what colors do you see? Black and blue. Some, okay, so some of you see black and blue, and some of you see gold and white, gray. Okay. And see, it's actually the real dress, the real picture of the dress. The dress is actually blue and black. And so it was this huge debate online because people were looking at the exact same picture, the exact same dress, but everybody saw it differently. Some saw gold, some saw blue. And so what neuroscientists say that it has to do with how our brains interpret color differently. And so, and I experienced this because when I was on my phone at home, the color was gold and white. And then when I came to the office to look at it again, I saw a blue and black. And I was like, whoa. So it just reminded me of last week's message, which pretty much said that where we live affects how we see the world. And see, if you were here, Jared preached an awesome message about what it is when we first Go from we versus they. It was a really good message. If you missed it, it's on the podcast. It was really good. So I think we should keep Jared, everybody. Um, but it was from going to this address to a new address. To a new address that we are found in Jesus. And so it becomes us and no longer we versus they. But it's us. And since we have this new address, which is in Christ, we must learn to see through the eyes of Jesus. And seeing is so important. Let me tell you about the time that I discovered I needed glasses. It was nighttime. I was going to drive from where I live to the University of Northridge. It was like a 20-minute commute. As I'm driving on the freeway, I realize that I'm having trouble seeing the signs. I can't really see them clearly. And I was like, man, that is weird. What is going on? And then I got to the campus and I realized that I'm having trouble seeing the signs on the building. I realized, okay, it's not just the freeway signs. It's not just the building signs. It must be something else. And so I grabbed the person next to me, complete stranger, said, can I borrow your glasses? I put them on, and I was like, oh, I could see clearly now. The rain is gone, right? I could see clearly. I could read. Oh, it says exit. Okay, I could read, and I was like, I need glasses? Like, what? And for those of you that can't relate because you've never needed it, let me show you. This is what I see without glasses at a distance. And with glasses on, this is what I see, okay? There's a focus. Carlos chose that picture, everybody. Um, but you see, 
my ability to see had been broken long before that moment. You see, punt intended, you and I both share a problem. There's a problem we both share. And today I ask you your own ability to see or inability to see, also known as blindness. Now, I'm not talking about visual acuity because we can have 20-20 vision but still fail to see the people around us. Mark Laberton in the book, The Dangerous Act of Loving Your Neighbor, says everywhere we look and everything we see, we perceive from a biased heart. And you're probably thinking, great, you're new here. And in the first five minutes, you've already told me I have a problem, I have a biased heart, and some kind of blindness. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, welcome to Evergreen. (laughs) Come on, tell them, welcome to Evergreen. But how good is it to know that Jesus came to give sight to the blind? And I'd like to suggest to you today that to live loving God and loving people, we we have to be honest about our limited lenses and created filters. We have to be honest. So let's turn to Mark chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry, it's up on the screen. We got you. So it's going to be Mark 8, verses 17 through 18. And it says, and it's Jesus having this conversation with his disciples. And he says, do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Then he goes on to say later on, then he came to Bethsaida, Jesus, and they brought him a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And today, I want to believe that Jesus is asking us the same thing. Do you see what I want you to see? Do you see what I want you to see? And it says, the man looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. And then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. See, the goal is that we would see everyone clearly. And so Jesus is having this dialogue with his disciples. And he's trying to get them like, don't you see? It's because they don't see what Jesus wants them to see. See, Jesus has multiplied the bread and the fish. He has fed the hungry. And then he's confronting the religious views of the leaders of the time. And he's saying, look, I want to challenge their perception because they see we versus they. But there's a new way to see. So Jesus is like, man, for real, don't you get it? Did you see me trending on Twitter? How'd you miss it? Just kidding. Jesus didn't have Twitter, but if he had, it'd be trending. Um, But see, we all have these lenses that affect our sight and, and possibly blind us. 
And, and, and sight, it's, it's, it's what we see, but also how we see it. It's like the dress. We all saw the exact same thing, but how we saw it was different. Some of us saw different colors. And so seeing really isn't neutral or comprehensive. And there is this lens. We have different lenses, but one of the lenses that affects how we see is the lens of self. You know, how we see ourselves will impact how we see others. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, Paul reminds us that it's like we're looking for now we see in a mirror dimly, he says. And, 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 and all, but then we'll see face to face. And now in, I know in part, but then I will know fully. What he's saying is this. See, back in the day, mirrors weren't like mirrors are today. There wasn't like lit mirrors with HD definition where you can see your wrinkles. Who made those, by the way? I don't like them. You know, mirrors weren't like what we know today. They were made out of a cheap metal. So it was really hard to really capture the image and the reflection. So it's obscure. What we see is somewhat obscure and hard to see. So then he goes on to say, we, we, we see in these mirrors dimly. What does that mean? That there's very low light. And you guys know that nothing ruins a picture like bad lighting, right? It could be a good picture, but if the lighting isn't right, we really miss the beauty of the picture. And in California, I don't know here, but in California, there's this thing, hashtag golden hour. And like people, there's a certain time of the day where the sun starts going down and the lighting is perfect. The people take their phones and start doing a selfie because they're like, man, this lighting makes me look good. And they want to capture that picture. And so what, what Paul is reminding us is that the truth is that the mirror that we're looking at is obscure, that it doesn't give us a clear picture. And see, this, this reminds me that, that what Mark Laberton says, that the way we have been seen teaches us how to see. So how have others seen you? And one of the things that I had to learn is that, see, the way my parents saw me wasn't always affirming and encouraging my mom, I, it's because maybe her past and her brokenness, right? But she would always, without meaning or when she was angry, she'd be like, it is mensa. In English, that means you're dumb. And she would say that. And then she would call me things like stupid, but in Spanish, which sounds meaner. <laughs> you know? And, I, and, and so I grew up with this lens that she had of me. And I realized that once I got to college, in my first quarter, I had to write a paper. And the, the topic was, what is your greatest fear? And at that moment, I realized that my greatest fear, because of the way my mom had seen me, was that I wouldn't be smart enough for college. Because it had affected how I saw myself. Or when I transitioned from California, uh, from Guatemala to California. You know, I saw myself as a seven-year-old girl with lots of friends. But then I come to a school that everything's taught in English. 
I don't understand the language. And now, how my friends see me is affecting me. And I remember this one boy, Justin, I still remember his name. He was cute. <laughs> and he kept saying a word to me that I didn't understand, but he wasn't saying it with a smile. So I was like, what is he saying? I remember I went to my friend who would help me translate stuff, and I said, what is he saying? He keeps saying this word. What does that mean? And she said, it means a wet back, which is a derogatory term to refer to an immigrant. And I remember thinking as a little girl, wet back? What? I'm dry. What's he talking about? I didn't cross the river. I don't understand. Like, I didn't get, but that's how they viewed me. So that affected the way I saw myself. Sometimes it's social media, right? Sometimes it's a social location where we are. And see, I grew up in Guatemala with my grandma. And there were times, and we were in the main city, and there were times that we didn't have enough food. So what we had was tortillas and salt. And the way that I live then has affected me now because you ask me now, I am not going to throw away a tortilla. I'm going to save the tortilla. I'm going to freeze the tortilla, whatever it takes. Save the tortillas of the world, okay? Like, it's affected the way that I see myself and the things that I do. And so this lens of self really affects us. And a lot of these lenses we create, it really what they do is they create this distorted image of who we are. And it's kind of like a funhouse mirror. Have you ever been to a funhouse? It's something like this. Like, it's not truly how we were created. It's not our true image. We appear longer, whiter, right, than we really are. And it's not the image of God. The truth is that we're created in the image of God. And God sees us. And he loves us how we are. And so I... We, we, we have to understand and see sometimes it's also the lens of how we see God. I grew up believing that if I didn't behave, lightning bolt was going to come down from heaven because I saw God as a punishing God. That's how I had been taught to see God. So I thought I had this distorted image of myself and this distorted image of who God really was. But if we don't allow the truth of God to work the image in us, we'll have this lens which will affect the way we see others. And Jesus reminds us, right, we're going to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. But Christine King says sometimes when we don't allow his word to heal those parts in our lives, We'll love with a tormented mind and a broken heart. And so I'm, and then there's also this other lens that we have, and it's this invisible lens of perception. We can't see it. It's invisible, right? And it's like a vision is how you interpret what you see. And there's different things that affect this interpretation. And see, um, what happens is it's something like this, and, 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 and like for my, my friend Emily showed me this example of like when she's had to do mission trips, she has to teach people about the cultural lens that we all have. 
because we're born, I was born into a Latino culture. So I have this lens that sees a white wall with a yellow lens, and because my lens is yellow, I don't see a white wall. I see it through the lens of yellow. So it's a little off-white, maybe orange. And then, because another person has a different culture that they grew up in, the lens that they wear, that they carry, let's say it's a red lens. So if I'm talking about the white wall, because of their lens, they don't see the white wall. They see it through this lens of red. So now this white wall to them becomes pinkish. And to me, it becomes orange. But it is the same wall. But we have these lenses that affect how we see that same wall. And that's just part of a cultural lens. And I think what Jesus is saying when he's telling this man to look, look up, he is saying, look, you got to look at people through the lens of the kingdom. Not the lens of your culture, though it will always affect how you see something. But there is a lens of the kingdom that you and I can choose to see things through. And Jesus, time and time again, he, he sees Zacchaeus, somebody that the culture wouldn't look at because he was a tax collector. But he sees him. And he's inviting us to see those that our culture maybe has excluded or left out. And it's something like this. Let me show you this video so you understand a little bit what I'm talking about, about this invisible lens. so bad for that guy. He lost his lunch. But see, this invisible lens, what happens is that our eyes receive all this, we receive all this information and our optical organs perceive it, our eyes perceive it, and then our brain creates filters that, that, um, that, that they, they sort it out in places within this framework of experience and understanding. And so when the people saw someone running, they're like, okay, he's running. But then when they saw what looked to be like a T-Rex, their mind immediately went, danger, run, right? Because they interpreted through this lens of framework and their experience and their understanding. And then they run because they're fearing for their lives. But if we really stop and look a little longer, we'll see. that There's no way a T-Rex is going to be running down the city. They're extinct. If you really stay there a little longer and look, you'll notice that it's somebody dressed up, just doing a prank. And what happens is that this invisible lens is affected by values, experiences, relationships, cultures, associations, race, gender. All these different things affect this lens. And so the way that we interpret, our, our, our brain starts creating filters. Like it, it creates filters that either keep information out or allow information in. 
And, and it's like kind of like, and then it starts like prioritizing the things that, that matter to us. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever like said, oh, I'm going to buy this kind of car. Like for a long time when I was in college, I wanted a G35. I was like, nobody has a G35. I want a G35. And then the minute I said that, I started seeing it everywhere. Like everyone else had a G35. And it wasn't that they weren't there before, but it was that now my brain said, this information is important. So now you start seeing what's important to you. And then you see it. And these are the kind of filters that we see everyone with. And so we create filters that keep a group of people out. And we can be blind in our seeing. And see, for me, because of my experience with Latino men, I kept Carlos out. I wasn't allowing him in. And I remember he was pursuing me, and I was like, no, you're Latino, and that's the only reason I need to keep you out. Because of my experiences with Latino men, of abuse and manipulation, just what I had seen, and then also what my mom had experienced through her stepdad, who was Salvadorian. And so she said, no. And because I saw how she looked at Latino men, especially Salvadorian men, and the way I was like, I don't, I want to keep you out. And I was like, nope, thank you, next. Right? I was like, I, I can't, I don't, I can't see you. And see, emotional wounds allow us to create filters that keep people out. And we see that Jesus takes this blind man by the hand and he leads him out of town. And when he spat on his eyes, he spit on his eyes and he put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And then I, I, when I read this, I was asking myself, when Jesus took him by the hand and led him out of town, was Jesus inviting this man to change his address? I don't know. Maybe. But in our needing to be honest about our lenses and created filters, know that we're not facing it alone. That Jesus is right there with us. And he's not going to lead us to a place to abandon us, but to heal us. And, and he will be right there. You know, and in the story, we see that Jesus does something so unconventional and unhygienic. He spits on this man's eyes, and he doesn't even see it coming because he's blind. Right? And, and so it just has me asking this question. How do we correct our lenses and remove our filters. And the truth is, we got to be honest with the one who can heal us. We got to be honest with Jesus. Jesus asked him, can you see anything? And this man was honest, and he said, yeah, but they look like walking trees. Are they men? He was honest. I see, but I can't really see clearly. 
But then he says that he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. I think it's like the kingdom vision. Don't see it as the world, as the culture, as your experiences, as your pain has interpreted it, but see it with the kingdom lens. And he says that he was restored and he saw everyone clearly. See, this man had to be honest about what he could see. You and I have to be honest about what we can see. And if I had not been honest with my optometrist, I wouldn't have gotten the right prescription for my glasses, which would have kept me from seeing clearly. But they had to do this thing to my eyes. They had to dilate my eyes. And I did not like it. It was so uncomfortable. And the truth is that it made me feel guarded, insecure, vulnerable. It restricted my movement. I couldn't freely move. And I think that if we're asking Jesus, if we're going to be honest with the lenses we have and the filters we create, there's going to be those moments that are going to be uncomfortable, that are going to make us feel vulnerable. And sometimes even fear will try to keep us from moving. But I want to invite you to remember that Jesus didn't come to the healthy, but he came to those that need to be made well. And if we're going to live loving God and loving people, we have to be honest about the limited lenses and the created filters that we see. And see, God desires for us to see. God desires for you to see. And not for the sake of seeing, but for the sake that that you see people and their need. And and see that there's your neighbor, there's the marginalized, there, there are those people that have been stripped of their dignity and left by the side of the road to be thrown out by the thief of this world. Yet Jesus calls us in the story of the Good Samaritan to see them. And maybe for some of us, it'll be seeing like a gradual process. Maybe we'll kind of see what look like trees. But stick with Jesus. Abide in Jesus. And your vision will get better when we start seeing through his eyes. Amen. So, What I want you to do this week, here's what I want you to do. I want you to live loving God and loving your neighbor by getting close. See, seeing is better up close. Proximity matters. And we see it in the story of the Good Samaritan, right, that we heard last week. See, because the first two men saw But they didn't get close. But we see that the Good Samaritan saw, and he got close enough to touch this man. And so proximity matters. We have to get close. If we're going to see like Jesus and love like Jesus, we have to be close and be willing to cross the racial, economic, and cultural gender divides that have been created. And it's going to be costly. It's going to cost your comfort. 
It's going to cost your pride, maybe. Just like it cost this good Samaritan, it cost him his oil and his wine and his money and his time. But he did it because that's how Jesus, see, there is seeing with our eyes and then there is seeing where our heart gets engaged. And that's the kind of seeing that God wants us to do. The seeing that sees and engages with their pain and their need. And so, if we're going to see like Jesus, we got to get close, invite people in. So let's watch this video. Francois Clemens. Hi, welcome. Thank you. How you doing? Fine. How are you today? Fine. My feet were tired, so I thought I'd just soak them for a while in this water. Does it make him feel better? It does. Would you like to try? Sure. On the show, he would say, I love you just the way you are. One day I said, Fred, were you talking to me? And he looked at me and he said, yes. I've been talking to you for two years and you finally heard me today. And I just collapsed into his arms. I, was, I started crying. I, that's when I knew that I loved him. There are many ways to say I love you. There are many ways to say I care about you. No man had ever told me that he loved me like that. I needed to hear it all my life. My dad never told me. My stepfather never told me. So from then on, he became my surrogate father. I'm so proud of you, Francois. Oh, thank you, Fred. Thank Can I you. help you here? So who will you invite to your kiddie pool this week? And this is what I mean. Get close. Ask their stories. Maybe you can't see them because you don't know their story. See, when Carlos, when I agreed to going on this hike with him, my heart was set to be like, as soon as we're done with that hike, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to tell them I'm flattered, but no thank you. But something happened on that hike. He shared his story. And my heart caught a glimpse of him that didn't allow me to keep, keep him out anymore. So this week, get close. Hear and ask. Ask and hear their stories. Because Jesus wants us to see in a new way. Amen? I'm going to invite you to uh, stand up and we're going to pray together. Right there where you are. Would you close your eyes and let Jesus spit on you? Lord, you know where we are needed of your healing. You know where we have been blinded to others and to the people around us. So I pray that by your spirit, you would help us see, help us correct the lenses, help us remove the filters, help us to invite people in, get close, and to hear their stories. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we say, amen.